We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back into the Saints Hour. Steve Geller along with Saints sideline reporter Jeff Nowak and also welcoming in Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. How you doing, Mickey? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you guys. Um Man, I went to the Sugar Bowl last night. That was a fantastic game. One of the best uh, college football games I think I've seen in a long time. Um, and I didn't have any skin, real skin in the game in terms of who wins, although I am a Pac-12 guy uh, from way back. So, um, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it's amazing when you're around uh, a great games like that, obviously, when there's really nothing invested. You can really just enjoy the game instead of having your nerves jumping all over the place. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. A lot of great performances and great comeback by Texas to men um, have a chance to win at the end. It was really spectacular. Uh, looking at the Saints team, obviously a big win Sunday, Tampa Bay. Uh, happy New Year's Eve, uh, you know, an early start over there, staying alive for that playoff hunt. And just you could see – and feel the tone from this team right off the bat, able to come out, uh, drive down a long drive down the field and getting six points on the board right away was so key in that Bucks matchup. Yeah. I thought, I thought our opening drive was a, a real key, uh, you know, send a message. I felt like, you know, Tampa was kind of ready to, you know, get out there and get on with the game and celebrate, you know, winning the division and, and, uh, for us to come out and, um, you know, smash them in the mouth, take that, take that opening drive down and score and, and set the tone for the, for a really dominant first half. I mean, we had over 200 yards of offense in the first half. I think they had less than 50. Um, it was a dominant performance. Uh, and really the game was won. you know, in the first, uh, in the first half, I think, you know, their first seven possessions, they had five punts and two turnovers. So um, kudos to, you know, all phases of of um, of our club offense, defense, and special teams. I thought each one had uh, a hand in the in the victory, and um, you know they they got a couple scores late to uh, you know put the interest in the game. But I, I never really felt like it was out of our grasp. You know, Mickey, one of there's always a lot put on coaching. There's a lot of a lot of debate, a lot of criticism. Some of it fair, some not so fair. But to me, I've always felt like these kind of rematch divisional games are a really kind of big litmus test for not only the team, but for the coaching. Cause it's one thing to have the team prepared week in, week out, whatever the challenge is, but it's another thing when you know what they want to do and they know what you want to do, you can throw in some wrinkles, but at the end of the day, the offense is the offense, the defense is the defense. And so that's why personally, I take a little bit more encouragement out of a game like that, where not only you went into their house, you dominated, you got a win that you needed to have. And, you know, I I'm curious as to, you know, when you kind of evaluate, the season and you evaluate the results do those do those games mean a little more because obviously you know the the straightest line of the playoffs is through the division and whether you know obviously it's three and two right now a four and two division record whenever it happens is a, is a positive result yeah I, I think there's a little bit of truth to that I don't, I don't know that i put that much stock into it because look 
you, you know your division opponents better than you know anyone else because you're playing them twice a year. And if they haven't had significant personnel changes, particularly, in, you know, with the coaching staff, then you know what, you know, schematically like they like to do coming into the season. So I don't, I don't look as at the rematch as anything really different other than, you know, in a case where they've got, you know, different personnel at, you know, a quarterback position or some key positions, which in, in Tampa's case, they do with Baker Mayfield, who's had, had a good season for them. Um, but I, I think too often we put too much stock in, well, I, I don't know that we put too much stock in it, but I think that most of the uh, people that I hear in the media that are evaluating coaches aren't really qualified to do that. Um because uh, they don't know what's being coached. They don't know what's being told during the week. And there's a difference between what they're being told and what's being executed sometimes. So um, there's some truth to what, you know, to your comment, but, but I don't think there's as much, uh, I don't put as much stock into it as, as you might. Mickey, another thing like uh, that fans and media, we really don't know what sometimes players are dealing with. And to see Derek Carr go out there, the performance he had really had some nice throws, accurate, efficient, and even heard from Dennis Allen after the game talk about how that that shoulder injury um, really was something that might have been uh, something bothering him uh, that he's just able to work through, but didn't seem like it was an issue at all last game, obviously. Yeah, I, I think, look, I think overall Derek's done some really good things this season. Um Especially and the last I, few games, think, for sure. Yeah, and, and if you if you look at some of the areas, um, you know, his rating, his 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 efficiency. There's a lot of really good things that, that we've done. There's some things that he hasn't done well, and you know how he feels each week. Obviously, he had a shoulder injury, you know, early in the season, and that there's no question that bothered him. Um, we didn't handle pressure very well. Uh, earlier in the season. And I think, you know, in the last four or five games in particular, you know, our offensive line and our protection has been better. So there's all these variables, all these elements that, that um, contribute to, you know, the quarterback play. And look, we all look at the quarterback and we look at the head coach and that's where we want to point um, blame and, and oftentimes give, give credit. And yet there's just so much more to it than that. Um, but, you know, what you said is correct. You know, Derek has ha had a great game against Tampa. It was really efficient. There were some still, there still was some meat left on the bone. You know, there's still opportunities that, that, um, um, that were to be had that might maybe would have put that game even further out of reach. And we've had a few uh, things like that. I think this season has been a tale of, um, we've had quarters and halves and parts of games where you can see what we can be, but, it's it's hard to point to a lot of games and say from beginning to end this is what we are and and um, that's not unusual. I mean, this is Derek's first year with us, and if if we went back to two thousand and six and looked at uh, Breeze's first season or two with us, it, you wouldn't say, "Wow, that guy's going to the Hall of Fame" um, after season one or season two. So you know, it, sometimes it takes a while. Uh, for you know for for us to be familiar with him for him to have a real grasp of the offense uh in terms of of um being reactive instead of thinking and then making a play and 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 uh, getting on the same page with you know our staff our coaches as well as our players 
Yeah, and I think that that point is interesting. And I did want to ask you about that because you're looking at, you know, year one of DA and Derek Carr together. And as you're evaluating it, how important is it to kind of take a step back and, and avoid just trying to say, well, this is what it was in 2020 with, you know, year 15 of, of Sean or whatever it was with Drew and Sean versus, you know, this is a new regime and you have to kind of look at them independently of like, okay, where are we really? How, how have we improved? What needs to be fixed versus getting into that game of, oh, well, this is what Drew and Sean did. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that most of that process comes after the season. Mm -hmm. I don't like to, um, I don't like to make evaluations in season because, you know, you're dealing with the emotion of winning and losing each week. And you're dealing with, you know, the, the, um, the issues that come up on a, on a daily basis to prepare for the next game. But that'll, that'll be a process we go through. And I go through um, when the season's over, I've, you know, look, I, I certainly have a few thoughts and a few things that I, I think we need to have a discussion about, um, but that'll all come after the season's over and, Hopefully the season won't be over after Sunday. Time to step away and take a break. We'll be back with more of the Saints Hour right here on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, Hoodads, welcome back into the Saints Hour. Steve Geller, Jeff Nowak, Mickey Loomis. Mickey, one of the things that I feel like this team's definitely been able to hang their hat on this season and has been has excelled at is creating those takeaways. They had four uh, in this game, you even had a, a interception on a two point conversion, but that doesn't end up counting as a as a takeaway, just a failed two point attempt. But uh, really great to see, considering last year, I know there were struggles in in getting those fumbles and interceptions, but uh, just the the floodgates seem to have been open this year, and the guys capitalizing on those opportunities. Yeah, look, we've done a great job, uh, particularly with the interceptions. Um, both taking away the ball uh, through an interception and not giving up interceptions. So, yeah, being plus eight is is uh, yeah, that's really good. Um, I, it's been an emphasis. Um, you know, it was an emphasis during training camp. It was an emphasis after last season, and uh, it's good to see that come to fruition. Um, I think our guys are really ball conscious. Um, you know, uh, defensively when we're playing the game. And, and I know that our offensive players are really conscious about protecting the football. So we've done a, a good job on both sides. Um, and that's good to see. Uh, you know, one of the things after the game that, that I thought was interesting, Tyron said that he was asked to kind of stand up on Saturday and, and kind of rally the troops, if you will. The DBs really responded, he said. And in the game, I think you saw that 
you saw that play out. And so my, my question is, you know, as you're building a roster, right. Yeah. How important is it to, you not only have youth, you want to have young guys, you want to have guys that are developing, but you also need the Tyron Matthews of the world, the DeMario Davis's guys that have been there. Because I think at the end of a season, it's almost always the teams that have those kind of core leaders that seem to be playing their best football at the end of the year. So, I mean, how important do you kind of view that veteran leadership as you're, as you're building uh, these rosters every year? Yeah, I, I think it's huge. I do. I think that uh, each year, you know, we end up with a Super Bowl winner, right? And I would say in the last, you know, 40 years that um, very seldom is the Super Bowl winner the team that has the best roster. It's the best team. And you have the best team when you have great player leadership. And when you have guys that, that uh, recognize veteran players that recognize what's important and can keep um, their team on that path, keep them focused and on that path, doing the right things when no one's looking, uh, preparing the right way um, each week and, and, it's just critical. I know, I know that in the best teams that we've had over the years, um, we had great veteran leadership. Um, you know, in that, that 06 to 2012 run, it was Breeze and it was Vilma and Will Smith and, and um, Malcolm Jenkins and, and, you know, a number of guys that, that I'm not even naming, Jabari Greer comes to mind. So we just had guys that, that understood um, – what the goal was, what the focus is, and how to keep our team and their position group uh, in line and, and focus to that goal. Uh, looking at the safety position in that game, obviously Jordan Howden was dealing with a sickness, had to call up Jonathan Abram, rely on him uh, to fill in that role. And man, oh man, when you see a guy respond like that, uh, what a day for him, really helping this team uh, get over the hump in Tampa Bay. Yeah, look, John Abram was was big, um, you know, stepping in there. And look, he's a talented player. Um, had a great rookie, uh, you know, beginning with with uh, the Raiders, and and then was injured, and has had to kind of reset his career. But man, he came to play me too. Uh, made a number of really big plays in the game for us, and that that was good to see. He's been look, he's a guy that's uh, that's come in here humble, done everything that he's asked. He's been a great teammate. Um, works his butt off on, on special teams, practices, on scout team, everything that, that he's been asked to do, he's been great at. And, and we've, I appreciate that. We've had a number of guys that have come um, on our roster, through, oftentimes through the practice squad, and end up uh, making contributions during the season. That's just the nature of the NFL right now. You know, we have these, these uh, practice squad spots, and we're allowed to put veterans on there. And, and that's just been invaluable uh, in terms of the product. In a similar vein, I think DA has talked a couple of times about, you know, challenging some players, you know, I know Jawan Johnson was one of those players. Elante Taylor obviously had, uh, he got benched against the Rams, came back, got his first career interception, had a really nice game. And, you know, so I, I'm curious when you see players not only have big games, but respond to adversity yeah. in that way. Um, you know, what is kind of, how, how do you, how do you see that? Because it feels like a guy like Jawan, I think he came in with a really high expectations. And I think a lot of people had really high expectations and to see him kind of come in and win a big game and play the way he did. How does that look? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, two different circumstances. Uh, look, 
we have high expectations for Juwan. Um, he had a really good game. And look, I said to him afterwards is that's what we expect from you. Let's not, let's not get overly excited about having one good game. We, we expect that from him every each and every week. And I think the good news is he expects that of himself, but um, you know, at some point you have to produce it and he produced it in this game. And so hopefully we'll, he'll follow that up with another one and another one. Um, Alante, look, he, you know, he got benched last week, but he got pulled out of the game for, um, you know, his play. That's Let's just be frank about it. And, I, I was really proud of him and really excited to see him respond, take it the right way um, and come back with, with uh, um, a really good performance. And that, that he's a, he's a good player and he's got a great future. Um, and, and that was really good to see. Another guy I'm curious about Mickey, your thoughts on Zach Bourne, a guy that, you know, was a third round pick and just has been fighting for those, that playing time and a spot on this roster and seems to really be coming into his own this season. Yeah, I well, I think this, first of all, his spot on the roster has been solidified because he's been a really good special teams player for us, um, really since, since you know, he walked into the building. So, um, but defensively, I think it's been a little more difficult for us to have a vision for him um, defensively. And so I think this year, you know, we, we've kind of settled into, the, obviously, the Sam linebacker. And, you know, in, in today's football, the Sam linebacker doesn't play as much as as they used to. So they're getting, you know, 10 to 15 snaps a game at Sam, Sam linebacker, sometimes less than that. But we found a role for him as a pass rusher on third down, a sub rusher. And he's uh, he's excelled at that. And so that's been good to see. And it's impacted. It's impacted our defense. And and um, I'm excited for him. Yeah, I, I am. I know. In the preseason, in the offseason, we talked prior to the draft or after the draft, I can't recall, but you kind of talked about some of the, the process of scouting, and I think it was maybe point nine or something like that with players that have a ton of talent, might not be a scheme fit, but yeah. the, you know, if the value makes sense, you could take a shot at him. Would you say that he was one of those guys that he did a lot of the pass rushing stuff in college, was, tried to convert to an off-ball linebacker a bit, um, but now you're kind of seeing him in a different role, and I'm just curious if, he, if he'd be one of those guys. Yeah, I, you know, he could have been. I think for us, we kind of felt like we felt like he could make the transition uh, to an off the ball linebacker. And look, we've had other guys, you know, do that, and 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 so that hasn't really worked out like we th- originally thought it would. And it's taken a little more time for us to to create the vision for how to use Zach on defense. And and uh, I'm glad to see that happening. I'll cl- closing out some thoughts on some players. I'm I'm looking at the undrafted rookies at special teams and uh i'm sure you guys hear just as much as we do uh with the struggles that blake groupie had had and lou headley maybe fans were ready to move on very quickly from these young guys but man oh man just the fight in them and you've seen the growth over the past couple of games and now heading into the uh end of this year definitely uh especially with lou headley a, a strength in the in the punk uh game for you guys yeah i think um Look, I think sometimes numbers tell a story and sometimes they don't, right? And so, look, I, you know, the the gross average and the net average are probably a little lower than what you might want. And yet, man, you know, Lou has got the lowest amount. I think he's got the lowest amount of um, punts returned in the NFL. And he's got one of the highest amounts of uh, percentage of punts inside the 20. So he's been really effective. And that's, 
that's uh, what I would call stress-free hmm. punt game, right? When when you're when you're pinning the opponent um, deep in their own territory, and when you're not getting a lot of returns. Um, I think I think Blake, you know, he, he had a, a rough start at the beginning, but he's back to eighty um, percent. Right. And look, I've had experience with young kickers in the past. John Casey was a guy we had in Seattle. We drafted and we kind of gave up on after after uh, three or four years, and and um, he had a couple rough goes, and then he ends up punting or I mean kicking for like twenty five years, whatever the heck it was, forever it seemed like one of the best kickers uh, in NFL history. And so I think sometimes you have to be patient um, with some of the struggles when you know that the guy has the talent and the leg talent to be special. And, and Blake's another guy that um, can create a, a stress-free kickoff coverage team by, by banging the ball uh, to the back of the end zone. Um, he's got a number of, of, of type of kicks that he, he's uh, good at and, um, so he has some talents that maybe don't show up on the stat sheet as well. Time for another break here on the Saints Hour. We'll be right back with even more on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Welcome back into the Saints Hour. Steve Geller, along with Jeff Nowak, closing out our final segment with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. Jeff, why don't you go ahead first? Yeah, as we head into Week 18, obviously, you know, there's – I think I saw a stat today. There's 20 teams still alive for a potential postseason berth, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Obviously, the Saints are one of those teams. Three teams could still potentially win the NFC South, you know, between the Bucks, Saints, and Falcons. Those games are going to go off simultaneously. There's been a lot of talk about the atmosphere in the Dome, you know, maybe not some of the best results um, throughout this season, last season. But, you know, how how exciting is it to be able to walk into that building knowing that, it, you know, this is a week 18 game against against the Falcons. You can go out there and win. And, you know, what kind of atmosphere are you, you know, expecting or hoping for uh, this Sunday? Yeah, well, I, first of all, I think the atmosphere in the Dome has been as good as it's it's been for a long time. It was, it's been really good this year. Um, when it's not good, it's really our fault because we're not playing well enough to um, give the fans something to, to get excited about. And so um, that that's on us. Um, uh, like I said, I think I said this earlier, the only disappointing thing that happened this year was when we had so many Detroit fans, you know, for that game against Detroit. And I look, I get it, though. You know, people um, have an opportunity to to cash their tickets in and, 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 and get some money at a time when, when they need it. I understand that completely. Um, but it, it's it. The fans have been fantastic. They really have. And, and uh, again, we're going to have a great atmosphere. It's Atlanta. It's always a good atmosphere when we play Atlanta. And uh, um, we just, we need to give our fans something to cheer about. Yeah, obviously, I'm uh, curious your thoughts on all the renovations that have, have happened in the Superdome and uh, what have fans said to you about them, if anything? Yeah, well, look, I got, I got uh, one of my firsthand looks last night at the Sugar Bowl. I got to walk around a little bit um, right. <laughs> through the concourses and, and into some areas that I don't normally get to and, and – Look, all the one, all the renovations that have been done are fantastic. It's it's really remarkable that you know this building was built about the same time as the Kingdom when I was in Seattle, and the Kingdom was a great venue, but it could fit inside the Superdome, um, and so for for this venue to go through you know these renovations um, from time to time and just remain so viable. Um, at a really efficient cost is a credit to look the people that built it originally 
and then the vision that that um, you know the state and the city and 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 the saints have had from time to time to keep this this uh, um, great building. Um, it's had you know iconic events in there, and hopefully is going to have a lot more to come. And um, I think they're fantastic, and and they'll finish those up this coming off season. And um, we'll have one of the best venues in the country. Just curious uh, on a game day for you, Mickey, what, what's it like uh, being, you know, the general manager of the Saints? What is your uh, game day experience entail getting to the dome and, you know, watching the game and, uh, you know, obviously rooting for this team? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it's fun. That's not the right <laughs> word. Um, look, I, I, you know, I get there early. I, I visit with the head coach. Uh, um I just, you know, walk around down on the field. I like to make some observations about various things. And then I go up and, and just watch the game, take a few notes. There's not much I can do, you know, <laughs> um, except uh, I don't really, you know, I don't get too nervous anymore. I just, you know, I'm just, you know, I try to, I try to take as much emotion out of it as I can. Um, it's not easy to do. But then, you know, when, when you get the result, you know, the wins are, are, are you know, exciting, fun. Um, it's a feeling like no other. And then the losses are just as bad on the other side. So, um, and then, you know, you just deal with the, the coming week. So it's, um, yeah, it's hard to describe. You have to be like the coaches and players and basically, you know, focus on what control, what you could control and not really scoreboard watch. Are you going to be checking out obviously what the, what the other games are going on? Yeah, I, I try not to pay attention to that just because I don't – that's just something else that I have no control over that I worry about, right, um, um, when you're relying on someone else to do something. So I just try to focus on on what we're doing. And, look, I, I have it worse than the coaches and players. At least they can do something during the course of the game to affect the game. I I can't really do anything except watch, and so that's tough. It's like – it's kind of like being a fan, but um, – you know, there's, 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 uh, there's a little more to it. Always appreciate the time, Mickey. Thank you. And uh, best of luck to the team. And uh, hopefully we'll be talking next week about a playoff matchup. Yep. Hopefully so. Thank you, Steve, Jeff. Appreciate being with you guys. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.